asshole. You're kidding. Just one shot? They're not all zombies, Doug. How do you fight this thing? Maybe we could drown it in A1 sauce. Well, sometimes that is better. The person you put up there ain't the person that comes back. It's dead song to get down with. About six feet under. Get dead. Ooh, I love this song. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 100 of the Rotten Reviews Podcast. Crazy to think that I actually got to episode 100. I almost said level 100. Um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I'm glad you guys have all been here for the ride. I've been having some issues with the podcast. Uh, for what reason, uh, Google Podcasts and a couple of the platforms, they're not updating my episodes. And I don't know why. I've been trying to fix the feeds and I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I'm trying to get some technical support. But of course, nobody's answering me. So uh, we're going to see what we can do. So if you guys are having any issues pl- finding it on CastBox, make sure you do Rotten Views Podcasts. For whatever reason, there's rotten reviews which is also mine but then if you add podcasts it's the one that's actually getting updated where the other one is not and i don't understand why i don't know why there's two to begin with but it's my thumbnail it's my podcast it's under my name everything so i don't know what the confusing part is but we're gonna look into it a little bit more and see if we can get that fixed and see if we can get back up on google podcast because apparently uh it stopped at episode 15 for some reason even though i checked a while ago and the other episodes were all up there so i don't know what's going on with that so we'll we'll get it figured out though might just take me a while because uh technical support for those sites uh really sucks but that's besides the point so yeah we got a really fun one planned um this episode's not gonna be any longer than any of the other episodes but i will say thank you to everyone for the support and for joining me on this ride and you know it's crazy to be at episode 100 uh the next episodes after this they're not going to be uh it's not going to be a theme for this little bit but then we're going to do another theme um i'm thinking tv made for tv movies uh horror action and comedy ones but we'll see Uh, i'm going to try and plan out the rest of the year and see how it goes from there so we got a good one this one's from 1978 and uh you know it's by some guy called john carpenter uh it's called halloween you know it's based around the favorite my favorite time of the year halloween but uh you know you don't see too many people out trick-or-treating but that's besides the point obviously if you don't know the little bit of the rundown uh 15 years after murdering his sister on halloween night in 1963 michael myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to a small town of haddonfield illinois to kill again john carpenter and deborah hill are credited for writing the screenplay and uh yeah there's not really much else to know about it you know everything's there uh tony moran played michael myers at age 23 it says on imdb so any fun reddits or trivia things oh there's a goof at around 18 minutes when michael goes to the school and gets in the car to follow tommy the passenger side window is no longer smashed from the previous night's attack of the on the nurse actually i didn't even notice that to be honest with that's crazy i really don't know what to say about this movie that hasn't been said on numerous other podcasts so we're probably going to keep that for the most part pretty short but like i said it spawned a bunch of different movies but if you guys want to down in the the comments or uh the email let me know your favorite halloween movie me personally i know i'm probably gonna get a lot of slack for this but i really enjoy halloween 3 season of the witch don't hate me for it i just enjoy it a lot it's it's a good standalone movie so 
And, you know, I like the original a lot, too. So release date was uh, October 25th, 1978. Uh, the budget was somewhere between 300 to 325,000 and box office of 60 to 70 million dollars. So, you know, that's a win. It's got 87% on Metacritic, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 7.7 on IMDb. So we're probably just going to jump right into it. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. The following program is brought to you in living color. Saturday Night at the Movies, the television series which each week brings you the finest in recent motion pictures. Halloween Night. A small American town. Fifteen years ago. trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. <laughs> I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. And totally charted. Oh. Sure, sure. The only reason she babysits is to have a Halloween. <laughs> okay, Come on out. I gotta say, I love the intro this, with the classic theme music playing while that single Jack Lantern is lit up on the black screen as we see the intro credits and everything coming in. I think it's a really nice shot, and I think it looks really well for the time. And I think this movie's aged well all around. That's just my opinion, though. You, you might disagree with me, and that's totally fine if you do, but I think it's aged well. And then we see uh, this really nice Jack Lantern carved. It's a real uh, craftsmanship put into that guy. As we zoom in closer and closer, and we see the 
the, the candle lit, lighting up the background of it. And then we have Halloween night, 1963, and we pan around outside around the house as we see two young people getting frisky as they get ready to head upstairs. Uh, then we bolt around the, the back of the house, but also from the uh, eyes of Michael, of course. Uh, this whole point of view of him just you know, like heavy breathing, watching these two make it out on the couch, and then they go upstairs. Uh, then we pull around to the back of the house, and the back door seems to be open, not locked. It seems to be wide open. That's fine. You, you want your raccoons and rats coming. It's fine. It's no big deal. We make it into the kitchen, grab a knife, and of course, it's not a butter knife. We're not making a sandwich. We got a big-ass butcher knife of sorts, you know, steak knife, and uh, we're going to go do some stabby-stabby because it's sharpy-sharp. Then the guy is seen on the stairs putting his shirt back on because he's like, yeah, it's getting late. I, I got to go. Wait, two seconds ago, motherfucker, you were just going upstairs to get laid. Were you done already? Like, what's... I don't understand how much time has gone around since he's, you know, came in the house to get the mask, or the he hasn't got the mask, he got the knife, but you guys were just going upstairs to get it on, and you're like, ah, it's late, I gotta go now. As he leaves, we watch the camera slowly make its way upstairs, and then we find our clown mask, I believe, on the floor, and then I like that the camera, at, the camera view actually changes, because when the mask goes on, it's not a full shot, we see the actual looks like we're looking through the eyes of the mask. I thought it was really well done. Then Michael makes it into his sister's room as she's naked, brushing her hair, because Clearly, they must have done it, but it was really super fucking fast, but whatever. He uh, starts stabbing her, and then he heads back downstairs and outside as the parents show up, and they unmask him because they think he's playing around, and then it's like, oh shit, he's got a blade knife. Oh shit, he's gone crazy. And then the music starts to uh, slowly die down as we pan out from the house, and that was October 30th, 1978. It's a rainy, dark, stormy night. As a nurse and Loomis are driving up to the mental hospital, or maybe it's just a hospital in general, or um, what's that technical word? Sanctuary? Something. You know, I should have looked up the technical word for sanctitarium. That doesn't sound right at all. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll just go with it. Loomis tells you not to worry because Michael hasn't said a single word in 15 years. The nurse asks if they can refer to Michael as a him instead of an it because Loomis refers to him as it because he doesn't think he's human at all. They then uh, um, go on about how um, he's going to get really drugged up when he goes in front of the judge and we find out Loomis doesn't want Michael to get out at all. He wants him to stay in the system essentially until he dies because you know Lewis doesn't think he's gonna get better at all. They show up and then we see a bunch of uh, ward patients outside just wandering around like a bunch of lost cattle in the rain. And the nurse is like, "When did they let them out on day passes?" I don't think that's a thing, nurse, because, you know, it's pitch black, it's raining out, and uh, they're just wandering around like cattle or zombies, you know, in worlds. Then Carpenter's music slowly starts to pick up more and more as they slowly make their way to the, the front gate. Then one of the war patients make it on top of the car. For some stupid reason, the nurse rose in the window and kind of sticks her head out, like, oh, I wonder what that sound was. I don't know, maybe someone climbing on your roof? You know, just my guess. I've seen Ness horror movies to know this. And uh, she gets grabbed grab by the throat and gets start to get, like, choked, so she gets free and goes up to the passenger side of the car. That's when Michael's hand goes through the glass window and grabs her, but she escapes and gets out of the car. And then Michael takes the car and drives away. Loomis just gets pissed off and says uh, that evil has left this place, claiming that Michael's the one driving the car, but apparently Michael's so sedated and not there at all that he shouldn't know how to drive at all, but he's driving that car perfectly fucking fine. It's now Halloween and we see Lori leaving the house and her dad tells her to drop the keys off at the Myers place on her way to school. We see her walking down the side 
sidewalk and this little kid runs up it's tommy over to ask her if she's coming over to cover jack lanterns and watch the uh, horror movies or i should say monster movies sign me up i would love that just to carve jack lanterns and watch some monster movies all night that'd be awesome get some Doritos and some you know drinks and whatnot sounds like a really fun time then we make it to the myers house which looks very abandoned like it's from detroit somewhere you know and it's in one of those suburbs where you know a lot of people don't really go there anymore it's like the only house that's also abandoned on the street by the looks of it everything else looks fine around it but this house looks like a piece of shit uh, she drops the key off and when we see from inside the house uh, someone's watching her walk down the steps and back on the sidewalk then as she's walking down the sidewalk we actually see the back of someone's shoulder and some heavy breathing we can of course tell it's michael watching her as she goes farther and farther down the street then we see loomis getting mad at what may be the head medical chief of the hospital because he didn't put up enough security at the hospital to keep michael under control uh, i don't really know his name and i didn't bother to look it up so we're just gonna go from there then we see Lori in class board as she's looking at the window having this feeling that she's being watched and we notice the medical station wagon is sitting out there on the side of the road and then next time she looks up out the window the wagon's actually gone now and it's michael using the cars so he's like stalking her the whole time and then we see uh tommy uh carrying this big pumpkin and a bunch of kids start bullying him picking on him and saying the boogeyman's gonna come after him and get him and that's when they push him a little bit he falls on the pumpkin crushing it and then the bullies run away and one of the bullies actually gets grabbed by michael and then he's let go and just runs away scared and then we see michael as he slowly watches uh tommy walking through the schoolyard and then he gets in the car and slowly drives on the, the side of the road following tommy then we see loomis at a payphone talking to some police officer at the turnoff to haddonfield trying to warn them that michael is on the on his way and that evil is going to come to the little town uh, then low nowhere loomis notices like this truck off on the side of the train tracks he goes to look and we see michael's hospital gown and whatnot and then as he's going back to his car to had, head into Haddonfield as the camera pans out we see the driver of the truck naked from the top up at least and dead inside the bush we cut and see Lori and Linda walking home then their friend joins them I think it might be Annie and uh, they're going on about their typical high school boy crap and a party coming up and then Lori realizes she forgot her chemistry book back at school and then we see the station wagon slowly driving by and then one of the girls yells speed kills and as soon as she yells out the car actually stops at the road a little bit farther down and they're like oh shit you're gonna get us killed one of these days and then he decides to drive away again then as laurie and one of the friends are walking down the street we see a glance of michael standing behind the bush the classic scene of him just like stalking in the shadows and then the friend goes up to the bush to try and see what the hell he wants and there's no one there at all no signs of michael at all then the friend makes it into her home and laurie is left alone to walk home and then she bumps into mr brackett which is the sheriff who's also i think annie's dad i should have wrote this whole family chain down but i never do of course she makes it into her home and then she hears some sounds and goes to check it but it's just uh kids trick-or-treating at the next house over a little or goes upstairs to her room to drop her stuff off and then she looks out the window at her neighbor's house who's got his laundry on the line and we see michael staying between the sheets and then she looks again and he's gone again he's disappeared then her phone rings and she uh, hangs up because the person's not saying anything so she thinks it's a prank or someone something like that which could have been michael calling we don't really know do we and then the phone rings again. It's actually just her friend calling to say that she's got her mom's car and that she's coming to pick her up. Then we see Lori leaving the house with a decent-sized pumpkin in her hand. Pretty good size for a jack-o'-lantern. Um, she sits on the corner watching some trick-or-treaters walking around the house, uh, around the streets you know getting candy as she waits for her friend to pick her up then we see loomis showing up at a graveyard to see the plot of judy myers with another man uh i'm not sure what his technical name or duty is he might just be like the maintenance guy for the graveyard um but he's got all the 
other information on which plot is hers and whatnot. Then we get to the spot where the uh, Judy Myers tombstone should be, and the tombstone's actually gone. The grave's not dug up, but the tombstone is gone. And then Loomis says, he came home. I can't do a Loomis voice, or I would try, but I'm not going to try because I know it would suck. So we're just going to do uh, whatever voice comes to mind. Then as Lori and her friends are driving around, we see the station wagon pull up behind her. Uh, we also find out that the little boy's name is Tommy. Uh, I think this is the first time his name is actually mentioned. Um, then as they drive up, they come up to Annie's dad, who's the sheriff, and... He's outside this little hardware store that the alarm's going off. And we find out that someone stole a mask, um, some rope, and some knives. He's like, oh, I wonder who would have did that. Must have just been some Halloween prank. But yeah, they're also trying to air out the car because they've been smoking weed the whole time. They don't want to get busted for it as well. And then as the girls are leaving the scene, uh, as they're driving away, Loomis actually pulls up to talk to her dad because he wants to explain the situation that's going on with Michael coming into their little friendly town. Then as they're driving away, Lori is all paranoid that the dad smelled the weed and that they're going to get busted. And then they go on about the dance and who Lori should ask if she were to go. You know, you got to fill in that extra little teen drama. Then the music starts to pick up and we see a shot of the station wagon tailing the car. And now it's nighttime and they still don't know they're being followed even though there's, you know, this car's been behind them the whole time with their lights on. It's not like he's driving without the lights on. It's not trying to be sneaky. You know, you should notice that this car is following you everywhere you go, but that's, you know, just common sense, I guess. Lori gets dropped off and then the friend parks at her home and we see Michael Falls and parks um, a little bit way up the road, I believe, and gets out and watches Annie head into a house to do some babysitting as Michael watches behind, like, while he's standing behind the tree that's, like, on the sidewalk area. Might be across the street. Um, I can't really remember. I watched this again for the first time in years just like three days ago we see loomis and the sheriff showing up uh to the myers house where it's been abandoned ever since the killing happened and uh, every kid in the area thinks it's haunted they make it into the house and explore a bit they head upstairs and head to the room where the murder happened and then as they are in the room loomis is by the window and someone actually smashes the window out with a rock and loomis is like Hmm, that could have been my head if I was a little bit closer. And then the sheriff mentions how Loomis seems to be scared. He said, well, yep, kind of am. Then he goes on how he met uh, the six-year-old child with the blackest of eyes, the devil's eyes, and that he spent many years trying to keep the devil inside. Loomis doesn't want the sheriff to go to the news at all either. He just wants it to keep it between them and everyone that works at the police station for everyone to keep their eyes open because he doesn't want the town you know, saying, oh, I saw this character here, I saw this character there. You know, this is trying to spook everyone out. Then we see uh, Laurie on the couch looking at Tommy's uh, secret stash of comic books because his mom doesn't want him to have them. He's also dressed in like a NASA suit, which I thought was really cool. I wish I had one of those as a kid. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Then Annie calls and has to cut the call short because the family dog comes into the room and starts barking at the window. And she thinks it's because the dog doesn't like her at all because apparently the dog actually doesn't like her. She's like the only person this dog doesn't like. So she's kind of terrified of it. So she's trying to call... I think, Lindsay is the kid that she's watching to come get her dog, but Lindsay's too busy watching TV. Uh, Tommy gets bored while they're on the phone and walks over to the dining room area and looks out the window, and he can see Michael's shadow across the street, and he gets all freaked out because he thinks it's the boogeyman. So he keeps going on about how he saw the boogeyman across the street and then when Lori goes to look out the window there's nothing there so she's like you know what if you're gonna keep this up we're gonna turn the scary movies off you're not gonna be able to watch the horror movies anymore then Annie as she's making the popcorn for her and Lindsay she spills the butter all over herself so she's got pretty much stripped down to her underwear and knee-high socks as she grabs like another shirt out of the 
closet that was behind her. But as she's undressing, we also see Michael and hear Michael's heavy breathing as he's watching from outside outside the house looking through a window. Then we see Lester is now outside. Lester's the name of the dog. And uh, he goes after Michael and starts barking. And then Annie's like, hmm, must have had a hot day. Because the dog starts whimpering, but it's actually Michael picking the dog up. And we just see his legs hanging and then the legs just go limp. It's insinuating that the dog is dead, which uh, I forgot all about, to be honest with you. Animal violence, I forget all about it most times, and I, I was caught off guard by that one again. Tommy starts going on about how the, one of the bullies at school told him that the boogeyman was coming to get him tonight, and then Laurie asks, well, what if, what do you look like, Tommy? Tommy just looks like the boogeyman. And then Laurie says she won't let anything happen to him, and they go to do their jack-o'-lantern. Then we see Annie going into this uh, shed to do laundry, because for what reason, this house doesn't have your laundry room inside the house. You actually have to walk your ass outside walk down a little pathway and it's in this little maintenance shack where you do your laundry which i thought was weird but maybe that's a common thing back then i don't know uh, i've always had laundry right in the house but that's just me i guess but of course the machine will start and then outside the door we see michael stand there and then the door slams shut but then she opens the door to look outside because she thought someone was pulling a prank on her. But she doesn't see Michael at all and he's gone. And then the door slams shut again but she can't get it open this time. She starts yelling for uh, Lindsay but of course she's not going to appear because you're in a shack outside and she's at the couch watching a, an alien movie I think. And then the phone starts ringing and she's like ah, I'm too busy to answer that. But then she does finally answer it and we find out uh, Annie's boyfriend calling. So she goes outside to relay the message to her and that's when she helps Annie out of the laundry room because Andy Try any tried to go through the window but somehow got her foot stuck in a rack i'm not sure how she did that or how it was even stuck it kind of looks like one of those adult you know videos where oh no it got stuck you know it's stupid i don't know how her foot got stuck at all and i don't know how you wouldn't get your foot unstuck by yourself because it's just in a rack it it's weird. They both leave the laundry shed, then they hear the phone ring again, so they run back inside to grab it, and it's Paul on the phone again, saying how his parents are gone and Annie should come over. Then Annie gets off the phone, because uh, she wants to get Lindsay off the couch so she can go pick up her boyfriend. Uh, so she decides to take Lindsay across the street to drop her off with Tommy and Lori so they can, you know, have, you know, movie jack-o'-lantern night together, I guess, all together. And Lindsay's super excited to go see Tommy because apparently she's got a crush on him by the looks of it. Or maybe she just enjoys that he likes the same stuff that she does. I don't know. Could go either way. Then uh, Lori makes fun of what Annie's wearing because uh, she's just in, like I said, knee-high socks and this white uh, dress shirt that's way too bit fucking big for her. Then uh, Lori wants Annie to call the other guy to tell him that they were just joking about the dance thing because she doesn't actually want to go to the dance with him. But Annie's like, ah, he's out drinking and stuff. He won't get the message. It's too late now. He's, you know, you're doing it anyways. Then we see Annie as she's going to her car and we find out the door is locked. So she heads back into the house to find her keys. I don't know how you would realize your keys aren't on you, but that's besides the point. She gives back to your car. But we don't actually see her unlock the door. We just see her open the door and go in at least on the copy that i watched and then the windows are all foggy and she's feeling the windows she's like oh that's weird why are they so foggy and that's when michael pops up of the back seat and starts choking her to death and then i think her hand or something just falls on the car horn as her face is pressed up against the window and she's dead we cut over to the other house and the kids are both on the couch watching an alien movie and tommy gets up and hides behind the curtain to try and scare Lindsay. but then he looks out the window behind him and he gets all scared because he thinks he sees michael carrying annie's body around to the front of the house and tommy starts screaming of course because he's saw the boogeyman so Lori comes running to check and tells him if he doesn't stop the TV's getting turned off because she's tired of this crap. Tommy gets upset because no one is believing him about seeing the boogeyman but then Lindsay's like I believe you Tommy. Then we just see Loomis looking around the Myers uh 
house area in the sidewalk and then he's hiding behind a bush as these three kids show up and they're like yeah you go you go knock or go inside you know if you're not scared of the haunted house and then Loomis makes a voice behind the bush to scare the kids and they run off and the sheriff comes back saying they haven't found anything at all and he thinks Loomis is wrong about the night and Loomis says death has come to your, your town you can either help or ignore it the sheriff says he will stay with him for the night and the off chance that he is right about it all then we see a couple showing up in a van uh, raid party they the guy goes around to let the girl out and all we hear is a bunch of beer cans hitting the sidewalk um they make it up to the house and find out it's you know complete complete darkness and they start yelling for annie but hear nothing they uh they turn on a lamp to try and make themselves pretty much at home and then they fall on the couch and slowly just start making out as music starts playing and then we see from the next room over we just see michael from behind watching as they're making out on the couch then we see laura in the next house over uh putting the jack-o'-lantern on the table and laurie looks out the window to see a van outside the, on the sidewalk and she's like oh at least you know some people are having fun then the phone rings and it's a friend calling laurie to figure out where andy is and then the couple gets upset because they find out that Lindsay is gone for the night uh and then they go upstairs to uh the fuck pretty much also let's not forget when they show up to the house in the van um there's something that the guy says about him taking off her clothes and he also mentions about taking off Lindsay's clothes and she looks like she's i don't know 10 or 12 and so that that's that's really creepy and that that's real fucking creep stupid stupid creep you deserve to die then when they're getting on in bed the phone rings and the dude's a complete dick because he doesn't want to answer the phone so he decides once the phone stops ringing he's going to take the phone off the the hook so it can't ring again and then they start to fuck then we see the shadow of michael as he's walking by the doorway kind of area and his shadow is on the back of them but they don't notice him because you know they're too busy getting it on then the guy gets done doing it and uh she lights two smokes at once and gives one to him and then she's like i want a beer go get me a beer so he heads downstairs in the dark to grab a beer and then the porch door slowly swings open and closed so he's like oh okay i'm gonna go over there and see if it's annie but nothing so he opens up a door because he thinks annie's pulling a prank on and then he goes to open this other door but it's the wrong motherfucking door because michael comes out and starts choking him with one hand up against the wall and then he takes a very sharp knife and stabs him right in his tummy point where he's stuck to the fucking wall so that's a really strong knife uh i don't know if our experience is that thing is kind of possible but he's really hanging on that wall just with that knife right through so uh michael's really strong for one thing because he can pick someone up by the throat with one hand and that's a really sharp knife and a really strong knife because it's holding that guy up no problem doesn't look like it's an issue at all as he's hanging uh from the, the wall michael just stares at him he's like hmm that's a lot stronger than i thought it was and his head's just kind of like tilting back and forth like huh i didn't think he would actually stay up there then we see the bedroom door swing open and michael has a white sheet over his head or over his whole body to make him look like a ghost but he also took the guy's glasses and put it on that way the girl would think it's him like her boyfriend uh she's filing down her nails and doesn't even look up and she's just like where's my beer she thinks it's her dude bob i think bob was his name and then uh she shows off her tits and then michael just stands in the door he's like well aren't you excited i did my boobs i get out again uh she gets annoyed because uh he doesn't say anything and she doesn't have a beer for her because she wants a beer really badly so she goes to get dressed and then call goes to call laurie and to see where annie is and laurie picks up the phone but all she hears is the sound of the girl being choked by the phone line by michael because he's getting ready to make her hang up and make her hang in general laurie looks out the window and sees the lights 
lights go off on the house next door. So Lori calls back, but there's no answer, of course. Uh, Lori goes upstairs, and we see the kids are sleeping in the same bed together. They're passed out. We cut and see Loomis still behind the bushes at the Myers house, and then he looks off down the road, and that's when he sees the hospital station wagon there. He's like, shit, I wonder how long that's fucking been there for. So he takes a walk down the street, and uh, we find out the car's empty. Lori heads back downstairs and grabs her keys and heads outside because she thinks, you know, something's wrong over at the house, and she wants to go check on her friend. She's walking toward the house, and the, the music slowly starts to pick up, setting the mood and theme for the scene. Uh, she gets across the street, and we see no sign of life coming from the house at all. She knocks on the door a couple times, but no one answers, so she walks around the side of the house calling their names, but there's no answer at all. Uh, she makes it to the back door, where we see the door is cracked open again, but Bob is no longer hanging from the wall. She walks through the house some more, expecting to find them hiding in a room, and then she hears a noise and thinks, uh, they're just playing a joke on her. Uh, the music tone changes as she slowly starts to head up the stairs ever so slowly. Uh, she makes it to the top and we see a light creaking through this doorway that's slightly open and she walks down to down the hallway to the room and we see as she opens the door it's Annie spread out in the bed dead and we also see uh, the Judith Myers uh, tombstone in the bed as well with her. And then I think Bob's body falls out of the, like a closet area where he's hanging from his feet and then this other door opens and the, the other friend's dead inside there and then Michael she Lori goes up against a wall where there's this door frame right beside it and then out of the shadow we just see Michael's face or the mask coming out first and then he goes to stab her but he apparently he's a really bad shot now because he just like kind of raises her arm but she rips her shirt she runs to the front door as Michael slowly makes his way down the stairs. Front door is locked, but she can't get out. And then she goes to the back door, which I think is now has like a rake pressed up against it. That's why she can't open the door. Uh, she smashes up the glass to move the rake out of the way. So she runs outside screaming uh, to their house, screaming for help. And they turn on the light, but they won't answer the door at all. She then turns back to Tommy's house. Uh, she can't find the keys to get back inside, though. So she starts screaming for Tommy and he's fast asleep. So she decides to pick up this planter that's on the porch and literally try to chuck out the window. It hits the side and Tommy wakes up and he's like rubbing his face like, who is who's there who, who, what do you want and she starts screaming you know come open the fucking door pretty much Keep boogeyman out here let me in My, we see michael slowly walking around the house towards them uh she's yelling at tommy to go upstairs with Lindsay and to hide as once she gets inside the house i should say uh she sees a window open and tries to grab like a knitting needles i guess is the technical term for those crochet needles i'm not really sure i'm not big on that thing um but she grabs two of those and then michael goes to stab her from behind the couch but stabs just stabs the couch so she swings around and gives him right in the neck and he drops right to the ground on his back she's like oh i did it that's all it took one hit i i did it so she picks up the knife so michael can't have it anymore and as she's looking over the couch and we see his body lifeless on the ground uh, she starts to calm down again that's your first mistake you should never calm down in a situation like this maybe you should i don't know i've never been in a situation like this i shouldn't say i really don't know we see loomis walking down the street as the sheriff finds him wondering where he's he's gone and loomis is like he's here somewhere i i saw the car it's the same car because the window's broken he's around here somewhere i just don't know which house he's in you go around the back and see if you find him at all then we see uh, Lori running up the stairs to tommy's room uh she grabs him and tells him to take a walk over to the neighbor's house uh to go get help and then we hear michael walking up the stairs i feel, I feel like she tells him to take a walk to go go get help i think that's out the situation and then we hear Michael walking up the stairs, like I said. Um, they lock the door, and then they hide inside um, the classic scene where Lori's hiding inside the closet. And, you know, if you don't see this, know this scene, then I don't know what's going on with you because 
this is like the scene that's on most of his merch and uh, any other posters and designs that you you would see. We see the closet door shaking, but it won't open again. And then he's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to put my arm through it. And Lori grabs one of the wire hangers and starts bending it. But also, I thought it was funny too when Michael puts his arm through. He's like grabbing the light bulb too and turns the light on. He's like, I got to see better. It's too dark in here. But yeah, she grabs one of the metal hangers and unwraps it a bit. And then she stabs him right in the head and he drops the knife. So she picks it up and stabs him in the stomach. And he drops the floor again and she thinks he's dead again. She climbs over the body and gets uh, Tommy and Lindsay. Yeah, so she was explaining the situation. She wanted them to go get help, and then he interrupted that. So now she's telling them to go over to the neighbor's house and call the police. And then as they leave, we see Michael sit back up. Then the kids are running outside, screaming their fucking bloody head off, which is understandable. And then Lewis sees them running. He's like, hmm, maybe Michael's over that way. I don't know, why else would these kids be screaming? Maybe he's over there. I should probably go check that out. Then Michael grabs Lori and starts uh, choking her. And then we see Loomis show up, and he starts shooting. Michael and he keeps backing him up to the point where Michael actually falls out the window over the porch or the balcony and smashes right on the, the grass below. Then Loomis agrees agrees with Laurie that Michael's the boogeyman. And then Loomis goes to look back outside the window and Michael's gone. He's like, fuck's sakes, I lost him again. God damn it. And then the music picks up again and we see various shots of the house and the neighborhood and the overlay. And we in the overlay we have Michael's heavy breathing in every shot. And that's the end of the movie and the, the, the credits roll and the movie's over. It's, re- it's a movie that happens really fast. It's an hour and 31 minutes I want to say but the pacing of it's great and it's a movie that doesn't feel like it drags on at all it's got great pacing it's got great action it's got great music it's very staged out very well I really enjoy it uh, Michael's not one of my favorite horror icons. I don't know why. It's just I like Leatherface a little bit more. I like Candyman a little bit more. I like the Gremlins and what's the Ghoulies and stuff like that. I like small creature terror a lot. So he's not bad. I'm not saying I don't like him at all. Don't don't ha- don't send me messages saying how I hate him. I don't. I like them all. He's just not. He might be in my top five. I would have to really sit down and think about it. But yeah, this is a great movie. And on the rotten scale, I give it a solid nine out of ten. A uh, lot lot of fun and definitely something I need to put into my Halloween rotation again. I used to always watch it and then I kind of just took it out of the rotation just for the sake of taking it out. But yeah, it was great revisiting it and it was actually great doing uh, these 70s movies for the last few weeks. I really enjoyed it a lot. I enjoy the themes. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're not going to do a theme for this next set. We're just going to pick some random movies. But I think once September starts, then we're going to do another theme for the month and then maybe take a little break and then do another theme for X amount of episodes, maybe for a month worth of episodes i like to do it when the first episode of the month to the end of the month but we'll see maybe it'll be a little bit of a separation between that but yeah the great movie if you haven't seen it i don't know what you guys are doing you definitely should watch it um but i gotta pick my movie that i'm gonna do next week so like i said i like small terror movies so we're gonna do one that i haven't watched in a few years uh, it's not as good as the original but we're gonna watch gremlins too because i i just enjoy it i love the gremlins creature designs and everything so i'm definitely looking forward to watching this one again so hopefully you guys will watch as well i got it on dvd so i'm sure you can find it on probably like amazon or paramount plus or something like that i'm not sure where or which streaming services would be on but i'm assuming it's on one of them because of the uh, style of movie it is i i would i would be confused if it's not but you know then again 
I could be wrong, so don't quote me on it, but I'm sure it's on one of the uh, streaming sites somewhere. So yeah, definitely check that one out beforehand if you can. If you want to, that's totally up to you. If not, then uh, be prepared to be spoiled because that's just how I run this podcast. And like I said earlier, um, I'm going to try and get the Google Podcast issues fixed. Um, on CastBox, I noticed that there was a Rotten Reviews and the Rotten Reviews podcast. You got to be subscribed to the podcast one because the other one, I don't know why it it's not updating. It stopped on episode 15. So make sure you check Rotten Reviews podcast on any of your streaming services. Uh, if you have any issues, let me know. Uh, uh, the Gmail account will be listed below. It's just rottenreviewspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you'll message me on one of social media sites if you need to. Uh, let me know if there's a podcast app you want to find the podcast on. If there's one that you prefer over the other, I will try my best to get it on wherever I can. And yeah, make sure to... Follow me on all social medias, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm sure there's probably more that I'm forgetting about. But yeah, we also do have a podcast TikTok now. I'm going to be trying to make small clips for each episode to go on that. So that should be fun uh, to add some extra work to my already gruesome workload. But it's fun stuff, so it makes it all worth it. And if you guys enjoy the content, that makes it even more worth it. So hopefully you guys will check that out. Links will all be down in the show notes below as well. And we're going to try and get more content out, like I always say. I got some video ideas planned, so I my editor uh, app fixed again, so hopefully it will stay fixed. Um, for some reason, my account got all screwed up, but it's all fixed now, so it wasn't my fault, it was their fault. So that's the main thing, right? So we can start editing some videos again without watermarks, because I didn't feel like paying for the app again. But yeah, now I'm just starting to ramble. So yeah, if you guys enjoy the podcast, make sure to leave a review if you can, or leave a rating. Uh, I would love it if you guys give me a five-star rating, but I'm not going to ask for that. You know, just give it whatever you feel is needed. Needed. And I appreciate all the love and support, and I love hearing from you guys. So I will talk to you guys all later. Peace. Also, just so you guys know, the outro music advice slash today. I should have probably said that first before I said the piece. But you know, I'm forgetful at times because I didn't have that piece uh, written down in my notes. I'm a forgetful old man. It's not my fault. It's almost midnight. So it is what it is. Until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Again, peace. <laughs>